0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 56 of the tip of the iceberg. We are currently in week number seven of the hockey hiatus due to coronavirus. So a lot of stuff going on right now. This past week, we've had actually a lot of news going on about a possible return to normalcy. And by normalcy, I just mean an actual sport being played. And that is something we will talk about is whether or not the NHL should return and on what circumstances that should happen. We're also going uh-huh. to talk a little bit about what that means for the Pittsburgh Penguins, whether it's lineup wise or whether it's who they would face if certain situations were to occur. We'll get into all of that on this episode a little bit later. My name is Nick Berlansky and I'm joined as always, as you heard a little bit earlier by Nick Horwat. How are you this week, Nick?
0: Doing good. It's gonna be a weird it's gonna be another long week of nothingness. Uh huh. As always. Like I mentioned to you before we started, Stagey e is down until July, and it'll probably go longer than that. So, um, yeah. But hey, the first big-time sporting event took place, what did you think of the NFL Draft? Because I was very confused by the whole thing.
1: It was strange. The whole hashtag boo the commish thing was, I guess, I guess, cool. But at the same time, I've never really watched the NFL Draft. It was just never something that was interesting to me. Right. And this year because there was absolutely nothing going on I had wanted to watch it I was like oh this is new this involves sports I guess it'll be interesting and I still haven't watched it
0: yeah I sat back and watched like I sat back and watched like a couple of picks like I didn't even last long enough to see two I get picked I didn't care enough because it all seemed very scripted and very pre-recorded which I mean I get that you kind of have to run a pre-record on that kind of thing but it's the draft and it's I mean, in hindsight, yeah, all the players know. Who, usually they know who they're getting picked by and when. But the fans aren't supposed to know that, and it's supposed to be a big big deal and a big surprise. But uh, it just seemed very strange. And One thing I didn't like, though, is that very often, whenever a team makes a bad pick, you almost always see the fans react poorly to it. But they had a pre-roll of fans cheering no matter what. <laughs> <going>. <laughs> so it was weird, and... Like I said, I didn't make it. I don't think I made it past the third pick. I mean, I saw Burrow get drafted, um, and then whoever went second, then I called it quits. I was over it because it seemed all very pre-recorded. But you know, this isn't a football podcast. All I know is that, to quote Eric Dunn, the uh, Bengals are probably still going to go four and twelve.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, they they added on offense, but they really still didn't have a good defense. But like you said, not a football podcast. There is going to be a lot of stuff for the NHL coming up that could have the same reaction, just kind of a a weird setting. Like, it's back, and it's a sporting event, but it's different. So we'll get into that. Before we get into all of that, of course, anybody who's been listening the past, what, six weeks since this real hockey hiatus kind of took off, we've been doing the March of the Pittsburgh Penguins Madness Tournament Bracket, and we have our champion, and surprise, surprise, it's Le Magnifique. Mario Mm -hmm. New takes the cake. He really wasn't touched at all, up until the fi- really up until the Final Four. There was nobody that really even grabbed votes from him, but even right. once it was in the Final Four, it, it wasn't close. He took down Mike Lang in the championship finals, and then, of course, Sidney Crosby and Mike Sullivan, who we talked about last week. They finished third and fourth, respectively. So, Horwalt, what did you think overall of the March of the Penguins Madness tournament?
0: It was fun. It'll be, it would be really interesting to do again at some point, maybe with a whole new group of people. I mean, who knows what this whole bracket can do. It was just fun to do. It was a fun little brainchild I had, and uh, I'm actually probably not going to write a story on it, because A, it took a really long time, and B, now, you know, with all this going on, there's going to be other things to do, but it was interesting. It was really fun, and like I said, if it didn't take as long, maybe I would have hopped on it a little faster, but I mean, such is life when you have to do one episode a week now, and no hockey to talk about, so. Yeah, this would (laughs)
1: have been cut in half if we would have still been doing two episodes a week, but. Yeah. doesn't really matter. I digress on that point. I thought it was a, it was a fun experiment. Yeah. I thought it was fun to see some of the upsets. It was fun to see which people and which characters that Penguins fans really gravitated towards. It was surprising to see people like Badger Bob Johnson go out in the first round. Mm-hmm. See people like uh, Iceberg went out in the first round. So maybe mm-hmm. people don't like Iceberg as much as people we all think. But it's... It was an interesting experiment. I had fun with it. I'm not surprised with the Mario Lemieux result. I mean, I'm not sure anybody really was, but some of the earlier rounds fed us some interesting matchups and had some interesting storylines. So yeah. I, I thought it was a good experiment overall, and it was fun. Like you said, it, it might have dragged on a little bit longer than we had hoped, but I think we did it well, and I, I think everybody really enjoyed it. And I and thank you, like I put on, on the Instagram and on the Twitter, thank you to everybody that voted over the past six weeks. We had an unbelievable amount of fan interaction for this. So uh, just a thank you to everybody who, who got involved.
0: Yeah, thank you to everyone. And you know, maybe we'll bring something back in some sort of way. Maybe something a little smaller. That's not sixty four <laughs> people or who knows what we could run with. It's a very broad idea. I know the, the Kings Den guy, he did jersey a jersey bracket. I thought that was interesting. Um we got options though if you want to do more stuff like this and I don't know what our off season schedule is. I mean who knows if we're already in it. Yeah. But yeah Let's just I guess we could just jump into that all then.
1: We talked as soon as this all started, like I said at the top of the show, this is week seven of the hockey mm-hmm. hiatus due to coronavirus. At the beginning of all of this, me and Horwat discussed on this show what we thought the NHL should do in a return at that point. And it's been seven weeks, so a lot of things have changed. A lot of situations have changed. So we're going to take another look back at this and, and ask the big question. Should the NHL return? And if so... On what circumstances. Now, this is all stemming from the fact that we have had a little bit of a news break this week, which was fun. It was great Uh to see something actually come out of this den of absolutely no media intervention (laughs) in anything the NHL was doing. But rumors of a return heated up this past week as a Florida Panthers executive divulged some details from an NHL board of governors meeting that happened last week. The NHL has moved on from the idea of having neutral site playoff games and instead is now focusing on the possible completion of the 82-game schedule as well as a normal playoffs. Those games would take place in four hosting sites, one per division, and would be played based off of an altered matchup schedule. So they would switch up the final 13 or 12 games or however many games were left in the schedule. Of course, there would be no fans in the arenas, as we've Mm -hmm. all come to expect. Three games per day per division would probably be able to wrap the regular season in just under three weeks, which would be good under time. And some of the cities that have been floated out there as possibilities have been Edmonton in Canada, have been Raleigh down in Carolina. I've even heard and saw Pittsburgh as a possibility. The big focus for the NHL is really just trying to recapture some of the billion-dollar-plus gap in revenue that this hiatus has been causing. So that's a big reason why the cap is also rumored to be staying at $81.5 million for the next probably multiple years. So with all of that that came out in the past week, it's it's the most news. I'm so excited. It is the most news we've gotten in seven weeks about the possible restart of a season. With all of that in mind, Horwat, do you believe that the NHL should return in the 2019-20 season, and what circumstances if so?
0: So, like I mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago, I'm in no rush to bring it back, and I'm still kind of leaning toward that, just because there's so many factors that would have to go into it. Like you got to figure, all right, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with, you know, AHL call-ups? Because like, 'cause they're done. They don't care. They're done. Mm-hmm. What do you do with them? You got to bring guys back that have gone home overseas. Do they have to now be quarantined for two weeks? Like, do you have to call them back now so they're ready for your? I saw something that said they're trying to get workouts started May 15th. I mean, a lot of these guys, I don't know if they can get out of their country yet. Um, There's just a lot of, like, little details that have to go into it. And, I mean, I'm sure it's all easy to figure out. You know, (laughs) AHL guys, you're just going to sit around maybe just – I mean, you're going to come in cold if you get called up.
1: but You could always do an expanded roster, though. Just like the MLB does, have an expanded roster and have them there at least at practice and at least skating with the team.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking like, maybe just like just extend the Black Aces thing, you know. Yeah. Now that just do it during the regular season because you're gonna have to probably. Um, but you know another thing you gotta figure is I don't know like this is a whole science question now is I don't know if when you get it if you know whenever you've recovered I don't know if you, you know I don't know the answers if you're still carrying it or if it's laying dormant or whatever I mean we know there have been multiple positive cases from. Players in the NHL. One positive case after a restart, you have to shut the whole thing down. There's no way you can't. There's no way you can just keep playing after that. Hmm. At that point, you shut it down. You might have to shut it down even longer, because now it's in your system. It's in the most physicality part, the most physically touching part of the whole thing. It's who's to say if these guys are still carrying it, if they can still spread it, and without a without a vaccine set to like hold this off from everything. You don't know what you can do, really.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. And, of course, the NHL has had their players self-isolating since all of this has started. And, of course, some players, like you mentioned, have tested positive. And when it comes to restarting the season, there's going to be a lot of factors in play. and You're 100% Mm -hmm. right. There's going to be medical professionals pretty much in every corner of every dressing room for the NHL, as there should be. And these guys will be getting tested probably more regularly than the public is. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. And and I personally believe they should return because here's the thing. this If they don't finish the season, which we know Gary Bettman wants to finish the season, mm-hmm. but if they don't finish the season, it's the first time since 1918 and at least over a century that they – would not have awarded the Stanley Cup. And there's no way, in my opinion, that they can award the Stanley Cup without a playoffs. I know I joked about that earlier, saying just hand it to the Bruins. They were the number one team. No, it's it's not. You can't do that. You need a Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: Right. You do need a Stanley Cup playoffs. You can't just, because that's what why, I mean, that's not why the President's Trophy was made, but that is what the Bruins would have won. They're not going to win the Stanley Cup because the Stanley Cup, in its title, is awarded to the playoff champion. Mm Mm-hmm the president's trophy is awarded to the regular season champion. Those are in the, in the trophies titles. So you can't just go handing it out willy nilly like that. Um, But yeah, it would be the first time. And I think it was 19, I don't 1918, I think it was the second time it was ever going to be handed out um, under the NHL, at least Um, that, but you know, like we had discussed a long time ago, it happened during the finals. And it was a much different event, much different times. Also, obviously, But one thing that I took from, you know, Gary Bettman's talk with Ron McLean that he did, Ron McLean, I probably just butchered his name. It's a really easy name, too. But one thing I took from it is he's almost certain that they're going to have, you know, next NHL season. Sure. I mean, yeah, we're going to have next season for sure. But he said shorter and at a different start date. So he is almost certain that that's going to happen. That next season will be shorter and starting later.
1: And that's. That's strange because the first thing that we heard out of this was Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly when he did a quick talk with The Athletic and he said, the one thing that we're not willing to do is we're not willing to risk any of next season. We want a full next season. So now that Gary Bettman's changing that, I think it just shows to the severity and how much this has been changing in just seven weeks that now they're like, okay, well, we can shorten next season because we want to get it in. That makes me, at least shows me, how important it is for Bettman to try to award the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, and I think that makes sense that he wants to do it so bad. I mean, he wants to hold up a very good reputation as a GM, which, I mean, he's been GMing for how long now? I kind of just realized the other day that he's been doing this since at least 1994.
1: Um, oh, being the commissioner, you mean?
0: Yeah. Okay. He's been doing this for a while. Like, He's mm-hmm. not new to this whole thing. So he's going to have a great reputation regardless, I think. I mean, maybe that's not what it is at all. Maybe I just kind of, you know, spoke for my ass a little bit. But either way, I mean, going forward, even he, he mentioned that it's all going to have to do with, you know, what medical officials and public law is allowing. They're not going to just jump into something where they want to play or what the majority is. If they're saying no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to jump into, like, if they wanted to hold, you know, the Metropolitan Division of Pittsburgh, if Governor Wolf or Bill Paduto, whoever is making the decision, says no, they're not doing it. As for it all working out, though, I mean, it's that's what it's going to come down to. And the way I see it, ice, I mean, I don't know how ice conditions can change, but come August, if we're still playing hockey, I know it's, you know, a long shot that that's going to matter to people. But to NHLers that are really finicky about things, if that ice is chippy <laughs> because it's August and it's humid, they're going to be pissed, maybe, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like it's an advantage for anybody in particular. Right, it I mean, that's all they want, it's... but at the end of the day, if the NHL comes back, it's good for the players. It doesn't matter really what the circumstances is with the ice. If it's a little chippy, as long as it doesn't endanger their health, right. yeah. they should be fine. Because at the end of the day, if nothing happens and they just shit-can the rest of the season, that's coming out of the players' pockets. Either it's yeah. coming out of the players' pockets now in the form of a check because of escrow and because of revenue... <laughs> or it's coming out of the players' pockets whenever they can't sign bigger contracts in the future because they didn't get to play this season. Because the return of this season is going to help bridge that gap from that missing billion dollars. Yeah. But it's not going to fix it. It's going to cost the players money. And it's going to cost everybody in the world money, not just the NHL. This is right. very minuscule po- problems in the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, we're talking in the context of hockey. And to the p- players, it should matter a lot that hockey returns this season.
0: Yeah, and it does matter to them. I mean, you know they're all NHL players. They all want to keep playing. This isn't, you know, something that we're there. No, it's fine. We can wait until next season. Like, they all were itching to get back out on that ice, especially because we were entering the run of, you know, important games where every game meant something. Mm -hmm. It it was, you know, just at the cusp of people finally, you know, clinching playoff spots, um, losing out to the playoffs, and, maybe turnarounds like it was getting to the point where it was all getting entertaining, where every game was going to matter. And, you know, for a Pittsburgh standpoint, we were getting hot again. Finally, it's, you know, kind of really hurt us in that sense that now, I mean, it hurts everyone that was in a hotter cold streak that now everyone's going cold. You don't know you're going to be coming back with assuming you come back. And like we said, apparently we're apparently they're trying to come back. And in this completing the season, excuse me, doing some port- some sort of you know, full playoff and it's all going to be strange so, who knows going forward they want to continue it and they want to finish it off and I mean, I don't blame them, of course you want to finish it off that's, you know what you're paid to do, it's what you're getting paid to do and it is still some sort of entertainment for us if it does come back
1: I miss it. <laughs> that's the best That's the best way I can put it. But the, the scenario that we mentioned earlier, the one that the NHL is currently looking at, finishing off the regular season in basically splitting up the, the division teams, finishing up the regular season, playing the 82 games, then going into the playoffs as if you had just finished the regular 82-game season. What do you think of that format? Because I know a couple weeks ago you mentioned that you don't think that the NHL should, should rush back at all. You think because right. of the health, you, you don't really really see a path back now I know you mentioned that it's changed a little bit with this scenario so what do you think about about this scenario finishing off the regular season and having a a traditional playoff
0: like I said it's I'm in no rush for it to come back like don't come back until everything is for sure a-okay you know not gonna cause another big outbreak within the game and like I said like we don't know the science behind at least me and you don't know the science behind it of are the those few that tested positive? Are they still carrying it? Can they still spread it? Um, like that, that in my mind can kind of become an issue if they still have the ability to spread it. Because, like I said, one case anywhere, even if it's you know you you have to shut down the whole thing. You know, one case in, you know, I think the Senators and Avalanche were the two teams that had positive cases. One case in there, you got to shut the league down until you figure out. What is going on with a vaccine? With you know the whole thing coming to an end, not just for sports to restart, but the whole thing worldwide, pretty much has to be gone before you can you know kickstart again. And I know that hurts everything financially, from TV deals to player salary to salary cap eventually. But you know that's just the shitty nature of it all. Is that you got to make sure everything is a okay at this point. And I'm in no rush to. If you want to pick it back up in August or, you know, July and play into September and then start next season in November, I mean, shit, that's a lot of, you know, changing, moving and changing you got to do to get in, what, 12 games here? Mm -hmm. Something like that?
1: 12 or 13, yeah.
0: I mean, the way I see it is, I don't think you should be playing all 12 or 13. That's just my view of it. You know, if you want to do playoffs, do it in a shortened form because you don't want to sacrifice too much of next season. You don't want to have to put these guys off until January where you're playing 48 games. Like we did on the lockout shortened season.
1: Yeah. And it's a big thing for the NHL. I think, the big reason they probably want to finish off the season is to make sure that no teams really get screwed. Okay, we played the 82 games. If you're in, you're in. If you're not in, okay, you didn't get screwed. Everybody played the same amount of games. You played what was supposedly the normal schedule, and and that's that. And that's why I think they like that. But I just sent you another format. I just texted you another format, and I'll I'll lead off by talking about it while you look at it. This is the 2014 format that has been really thrown around recently, and it's based on, I believe, current points. The top four teams, of course, in each conference get a bye. So eight teams get buys. Four in the East, four in the West. The remaining eight match up. And to me, there wasn't really a a game number on that. And to me, it would be best of five in that first round. Then you have the conference quarters, which would also be best of five. And then you have the semis, the conference finals, and the cup final. That's what I think is best of seven. That's the one that I think, if you can't finish the regular season, and if you don't want to bring back these teams like Detroit, like Buffalo... Like Ottawa, you let these seven teams stay out, including an Ottawa team who you mentioned has positive cases of the coronavirus, right? You let these seven teams stay at home. That's fine. You don't have to deal with those seven, but you get these other 24 teams in, you don't really screw anybody over and you have this at not neutral sites, but you can play it. There's no fans. So if there's a game in Pittsburgh, yes, they get to stay at home, but is it really that big of a difference when there's no fans?
0: Ooh, I mean, I definitely do believe that. I mean, we know my theory of if, you know, the Penguins didn't play in Nassau last year for the playoffs, I don't think we get swept. I'm yeah. not saying we win the series, but I don't think we get swept because it it was a raucous environment and we saw what happened to the Islanders in round two when they weren't playing there. Yeah. Um so fans I think definitely do make that difference. As for I didn't even think of that, the whole, you know, people living at home part. Yeah, that one I didn't think of that, but at the same time, how much of a difference does that make? Because, I mean, you're not traveling, at least. Like, you're not
1: going. Yeah, the other teams wouldn't be traveling either. They would just be in a hotel room within the city limits. You have the same, really, places to practice. You have the same sheets of ice, the same locker rooms for for the most part. So, I think that's a good idea, that 24 team. If you can't do... I think the best idea is to finish off the regular season if you can do that because then no teams get screwed. You get a regular playoffs, best of seven from the the get-go. But if you have to Mm -hmm. go to something else, this has been talked about, so I like the 2014 playoff. We'll we'll post about it. The pros to me are, like like I said, bubble teams, you get a shot. The Montreals of the world, the Chicago's, the Rangers, the the Vancouver Canucks who deserve a playoff spot from the season they've had and could have very well found themselves in a playoff spot if none of this would have happened. Those teams get a shot. You have teams that are going to be – a hundred percent healthy going into the playoffs. Yeah. There has not been a time ever that that has happened. You know, and then, You're
0: going to have guys coming back and that's another important part of it.
1: Yeah. And that's something we'll talk about a little bit later as far as the Pens' perspective of all this. And also to, to go to the gameplay, the games are going to be much more exciting. Why? Because these guys are going to have, what, a two week training camp. You can't simulate a playoff game in a training camp, especially only two weeks. So there's going to be a lot more mistakes made, especially from Chris Letang, but that's all right. We're fine with it, especially in the early round. So that first round, there's going to be a lot of turnovers, which is going to make it more exciting because there's going to be more chances, more odd man chances. I'm sure all the goaltenders that are listening to this and all the goaltenders that are looking at this are going to say, this is crap. I'm going to have so many odd man rushes because my defensemen won't be on par. The forwards and the defensemen won't be on par with what they would be. Going into a playoffs, but I think it makes it a lot more interesting. Now, there are some comms. is you do exclude a team like Buffalo or New Jersey who had games in hand <laughs> on Montreal and was only three points behind, but somebody's going to get cut off. And I'm sorry. But Buffalo and New Jersey, you really didn't have a chance. No. So no, I'm beyond. I mean,
0: like we said, I mean, there were some of those outside. Like I heard one topic of discussion on another podcast I was listening to. Um, if they were to somehow. Start it up and have every team involved in a way, or
1: we meant maybe, we talked about that earlier. That would be just crazy.
0: Oh, no, this topic, or but this topic was wild. It was, I mean, it may not have even involved every team, but how are you doing the draft now? How are you doing the draft lottery? Yeah, that's is another it, thing. But like, is it possible that one of these teams, one of these low level teams like the Blackhawks, or I can't remember another one, or the Canadians, what are the odds? What are the odds someone on one of those teams gets hot? Plays well. They win the Stanley Cup. Come draft time, winning the winning the draft lottery. Hey. So now, so now you have a cup and a first round pick. Or you, you have first a cup and
1: pick. Alexi Lafreniere. That's basically. <laughs> that's basically. Then congratulations to you. You did something. I mean, it's this is a situation like we said. This hasn't happened in a century. Make something freaking weird. Do something crazy. Why not? Like, get some attention to your... You know how much attention the NHL would get if the Stanley Cup champion then went on and had the first overall pick that is supposed to be one of the best overall picks since Connor McDavid?
0: And it's not from, like, a, dra- or a trade or yeah. any sort of situation where, yeah, they, they bought it?
1: You got it because you sucked in the regular season enough to get a lottery pick, and then you got hot enough and get and to then, get into the postseason that and was then Carey extended price became because of this. a brick wall yeah exactly <laughs> we're going to discuss the montreal canadians actually specifically yep. a little bit at length later in the show but yeah carrie price can be that person there's a reason he's getting paid that much money that would be insane <laughs> i would probably I don't, I don't know if i could ever consider myself somebody who would root for the canadians but that would be insane
0: yeah it would be interesting i mean like i said it's something that you're wanting to see the wild pandemonium take. Whatever. I want it to like, be the Wild West out here. Yeah, I'm more or less like, hey, let's just chill. Let's just see what happens. Let's not push everything, make everything too serious. I'm okay with, you know, if you really do need to get games in, and I understand that you do for you know, TV revenue and player revenue, I understand you got to get stuff going. Do this. I mean, I like this. It's just a matter of how much are you cutting into next season because that is my big concern at this point because – do you really want to shorten two seasons in a row or like affect two seasons in a row, especially when we just had a half a season under a decade ago and then a complete lockout and still in relatively
1: recent memory. Yeah. That's all, that all depends on when they're going to come back though. If they come back in July, I don't think I see any problem with them getting through a playoffs. Either of the scenarios that we've mentioned here, I don't see them having a problem with getting through that and then having to shorten the the next season. If you postpone it by like a month, cancel the all-star break there's two weeks cancel the all-star break in the bye weeks there's three weeks there's ways to do it and (laughs) i think the nhl is obviously exploring all this because they want their money they want 82 games next season they want fans back in the seats as early as possible because like we said missing 13 games cost them over a billion dollars
0: i see like that's all that math i didn't know like i didn't know how much this actually did cost them oh
1: don't give me that credit i didn't do that math i just saw it on an article (laughs)
0: That's fair. I mean, it's like I said. I saw the May fifteenth workout dates on an article, and I didn't really read the whole thing, but I kind of, you know, took in the headline and the first couple paragraphs.
1: Yeah. One more thing, I wanted to, wanted to ask you before we cut the break real quick. Here, there have been some players that have come out and said that if a team won the Stanley Cup this year, because it would be with an asterisk next to it, and they would mm. say it, it wouldn't be the same as winning the Stanley Cup. Like we wouldn't look at it the same as a normal Stanley Cup. And to me, that is complete and utter bullshit. And whoever, whichever players, and I'm not going to out whichever players they were that said it, but the players that said that, you're just lying. You're flat out lying. If you win the Stanley Cup, you win the Stanley Cup. Yes, it's not the conventional way, quote unquote. Right. But at that point, let's put an asterisk next to the 2013 Chicago Cup. That's what I was going to
0: say. Yeah. 2013, we played half a season.
1: Yeah. I mean,. What What is the problem here? You played more than half a season. You played almost the entire season. There was, what, a, a, an eighth of a season left? Something like that. So, and yeah, if they expand the playoffs and one of these other teams, one of these eight teams that would get a chance, like the Canadians or the, or the Blackhawks, <laughs> if they won that, yes, it would be kind of like, well, you guys didn't earn the right in the regular season, but at the same time, then you should have beaten them.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they area was not good, through. you should beat them. <laughs> Yeah, if they're able to make it through what seems to be a maybe a harder playoff format, good on them.
1: You'd have to win more games. Yeah, and you have no home ice advantage, so you literally have to be the better team.
0: Zero teams have home ice advantage there. Exactly. But we're intrigued by it all. It's very interesting and going forward. Like I said, just oh yeah, and wait until everything is a okay.
1: Yeah, and it's an ever-changing topic. So by next week, we could have a complete utter different scenario that the NHL is like, yeah, we're focusing on this now and just completely throw the one that we talked about for 30 minutes out in the, out in the trash. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to continue to discuss a possible return to action for the National Hockey League with a narrower focus on the Pittsburgh Penguins. This episode of the tip of the iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush. I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be Nick free. Thanks to Manscaped's new and improved lawnmower 3.0 featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawn Mower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you.
0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com
1: or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg, episode 56. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I am here with Nick Horwath. We're talking re-entry into normalcy for the NHL and for the NHL's fans, because I know a lot of the fans are getting a little sick of watching the replays. It's fun, it's nostalgic, but doesn't compare to the right thing. We're supposed to be two weeks into the NHL playoffs right now. Do you really think watching old highlights is really going to quench that thirst?
0: No, it's not. I mean, I just rewatched the entire all seven highlights from uh, the twenty seventeen Eastern Conference Final because, hell yeah, <laughs> honestly, that series was incredible. Thinking back on it, that Ottawa was good at the time, and both goalies were all three goalies because i forgot Flurry started it, were putting up hell of a fight. I'm not. I'm not fully getting tired of watching old games because I like doing that but I am getting bored of just playing NHL 20 over and over because I have, I'm not good at Warzone anymore and no, I was never good at Warzone. but I'm just bored of that game. And I don't know. I have other games I can play, but I just am lazy.
1: And there's nothing wrong with watching old highlights. Me personally, I've been watching the Stanley cup DVDs from 2009. I'm trying to go the whole way up and just watch the Stanley cup DVDs of every Stanley cup champion. But at the same time, like I said, we're supposed to be two weeks into the NHL playoffs, and that drop-off from live new playoffs to replays, even if it's your team, it just doesn't hit the same.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't hit the same, but it's still something. I mean, th- I mean, at this point, we should have some sort of upset. There should be people knocked out by now. Mm-hmm. There should be some incredible things that have happened mm-hmm. or not so incredible things. Who knows? Like At this point
1: last year, we were knocked. We were done. We were out. The Tampa Bay Lightning were out at this point last year. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of storylines that we are not missing, like we said earlier, possibly coming in the near future, as in July, August, September. We'll see. One thing before we continue with the re-entry news and the re-entry discussion is there's been a lot of stories out of Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Penguins giving back, and I just wanted to mention some of those here in case you haven't seen them. Brian Dumoulin and Connor Sherry, they paired with KeyBank for hashtag assists. They've been going to local restaurants and giving patrons $50 gift cards when they pick up their meals, just something small to give back to the community. Zach aston Reese, Brian Rust, and Marcus Pedersen in early April, they purchased 500 personal pizzas from a local Fox's Pizza Den that were distributed to local community distribution centers around the city. And then, of course, last week, they were one-upped by the Younger crew. Teddy (laughs) Bluger, Tristan Jari, Sam Lafferty, and John Marino, the Young Guns, went out And they upped the ante, purchasing 1,000 personal pizzas and distributing them amongst now five area distribution centers. So there's a little bit of a war going on between those. If they just keep donating pizzas, I don't think anybody's going to be mad. And then one more that I had is Matt Murray and Permanis. Of course, they partnered up last week to launch a $5,000 open tab for police officers Pittsburgh Penguins doing their, their best to give back, and that's all, of course, on top of when this all started. Sidney Crosby and some of the players said that they were going to pay the wages of the PPG Paints Arena staffs. Penguins mm-hmm. continue to do good in the community, and just figured I I'd, I'd mention that a little bit.
0: Yeah, what I want to know is when it comes to the pizza one, was that all from the same foxes?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was the exact same foxes. It didn't say which foxes pizza.
0: Was it but, all foxes? Or like, did Bluegurjar and they, did they get foxes? Yeah, no, as that well? was foxes. Oh, uh, yeah, it was all know, you, Fox's pizza. You got to go through the team sponsorship, I guess. That makes sense. But I just want to know if it was the same one.
1: The same exact Fox's?
0: Because, I mean, yeah, you're doing it for a good cause, but come on, you're making 1,500 pizzas. <laughs> There's a little part of you that is saying, what the hell am I doing?
1: Yeah, I'm sure they tossed a little bit more in for yeah, the workers yeah. there. I would imagine so, at least. If the season were to reopen, whether that be with the remainder of the 82 2 game schedule in the playoffs or just jumping into a 2014 playoff format that we, like I said, we'll post that image of the bracket uh-huh. online. What would the lineup look like for the Pittsburgh Penguins returning? There's a lot of questions when this comes back because Jake Gensel should be healthy. So where do you put Jake Gensel?
0: Oh, I don't know because when it comes to playing a wing, I don't know how... Serious guys get about playing on their correct or off wing like me personally who has never played ice hockey um doesn't really care which side of the ice I'm on whenever I play deck hockey at least like I mean actually I kind of prefer being on the off wing myself but I mean I don't know if these guys have the preference because when you consider bringing back Jake Ansel is he the same position as sucker because could you
1: usually he plays left wing usually okay. he plays left wing but when Crosby was out, He played right wing for Malkin.
0: Okay, then, yeah, I mean, I I don't see why he wouldn't at least try a Crosby, Zucker, Gensel, and if that doesn't work out, drop Gensel back to Malkin and whoever Malkin's put, Rust again, and then go from there. Those are the only real line of questions that I think matter because you're just putting that, you're just plugging Zach Aston Reese back in his line. And Simone is the other hurt one, right? yeah I Simone,
1: even... Simone's injured I, for some reason I didn't even have Simone on my healthy scratches which obviously lends the fact that I definitely didn't put Simone in my in my lineup
0: oh I haven't even thought about who was hurt on our team in so long like I totally yeah. for, I just took a shot in the dark <laughs> but I mean do you maybe scratch him at, at this point
1: like it gets interesting when you talk yeah. about the lineup. and, and the first thing we, we were talking about was Gensel so I, I want to circle back to that before we continue and it's it's something that I wrote about, the only thing I wrote about that I said <laughs> I was going to keep writing, but I've only written one thing, that I said I want to see Zucker, Crosby, and Gensel be aligned for a long time to come. And yes, they do have the right. contracts to do so. Mm-hmm. And yes, it would be great. But one thing that I really failed to realize, and I was listening to Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey speak the other day, and they said, you know what? If we're making a lineup, yes, that first line of Zucker, Crosby, Gensel would be absolutely bonkers. But there's a reason the Penguins went and got Connor Sherry back. Yeah. And especially if you rewatch those 2016 finals against the San Jose Sharks, there's a level of play that Connor Sherry has when he's playing alongside Sidney Crosby, that he can only get better with somebody like Zucker or Gensel at an extended period of time. So personally, I drop Gensel to that second line and make it Zucker Crosby, Sherry as a first line and Russ Malkin Gensel as your Mm -hmm. second line, because that second line was one of the best first lines in hockey. (laughs) for a majority of this season. So now you're going to say other teams, okay, do you want to really put your best defenseman on Sidney Crosby as you've done for the what last 15 years? Or do you want to put them on the Rust Malkin-Gensel line, which is going to torture your second pairing if you don't put it on there? It's right. a matchup issue. And not to say is. that Sherry yeah. is bad, would be bad on Malkin's line, but he's 10 times better on Sid's.
0: Yeah, I mean, you said watch Sherry going, you know, when it comes to playing in the playoffs. I also urge you to... Go back and watch Sherry's overtime goal in game two mm-hmm. against the Sharks. Dude had no idea what he was doing. I I rewatched it. I urge you to go look at it, too, because it's really funny. Yeah. You like you know Crosby and the are lining up the play, and Sherry's like, I'm just going to go somewhere. He's literally you see the, the
1: scene p- from Miracle on Ice where <laughs> Brooks goes, we well, are going to go there, you're going to go there, you're going to come up and sport there, and you're good. And then he skates away, and everybody's like, I have no idea what he just said. That yeah. was probably Sherry there. He's probably like, yeah, yeah,
0: what happened? Yeah, no, because it's it kind of looks like he doesn't know what he's doing if you really watch him close enough. I mean, oh, he was I, so
1: surprised when that puck got in a stick.
0: That puck got in a stick, and he was he didn't know what to do. He just popped it up to himself and ripped it. He didn't even realize it went in at first. If you you every part of that play for him, he just it seems like it was in no man's land.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> play and the him. second goal of game one, the second goal of game one, he had no idea it was in until the crowd reacted.
0: Yeah, I mean nothing against him. I mean, good on him for bringing us those wins, but like it's funny watching him kind of not know what he's doing sometimes, but somehow being able to do it.
1: You mentioned Zach Aston Reese when he comes back being immediately implanted on his line. So you're saying the fourth Mm line is Aston Reese, Bluger, Tanev, or or third and fourth, doesn't matter. We don't need to put a number on it, but you think that's another line. Absolutely. So that lends the question, who are the healthy scratches, which means what is your third line of the people remaining? How do you construct a third line? Who's left? Who's on this team? Okay. Do you want me to oh. tell you my third line and then my scratches and then we'll see what you think?
0: I'm guessing your third line's Hornquist, Marlowe, Bukestat. Yeah, Bukestat's on this team.
1: He-, he is on this team, but he's, he's not healthy, on that right? line to me. It is Marlowe, Hornquist, and McCann. Oh, Jared so McCann me...
0: exists. Oh, I forgot. See, this is what happens with <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> seven weeks without hockey.
1: <laughs> I have Evan Rodriguez, Sam Lafferty, Dom Simone, and Nick Buttstack getting the healthy scratches on the forward side. <sighs> that's first of all, that's a Deep. You could you could make a third line out of those scratches. Yeah, that's pretty decent in the playoffs or the fourth line at, at least. That is a deep scratch list. Yeah, there's a lot of decisions to be made for Mike Sullivan if the season continues. If it doesn't, it's going to be a little different because a lot of these guys are RFAs and UFAs and yeah. And for for Christ's sake, please please bring back Patty Marlowe if in fact this season does not continue.
0: Yeah, if nothing continues, those are the people you're going to feel bad for the ones that are calling it quits after this season if they... I don't
1: think he will. I don't think he will
0: either. I think it's just a matter of, like... he's
1: He's got the legs still, and that's the big right. thing. He still has his legs, and I would love for him to come back to Pittsburgh. Hopefully he likes it in Pittsburgh, and hopefully he comes back. I'd love to see him come and play, whether it's on Malkin's wing or on a third line. I I, I want to see him be part of a championship team in Pittsburgh
0: i'm sure Marlowe feels like he kind of got robbed of this season now Mm -hmm. i'm sure he'll come back no matter how good or bad he is someone will give him a contract first of all no matter where (laughs) someone will probably give him a contract whether it's here whether it's someone else he'll go to a contender play fourth line minutes just just to achieve his goal especially if nothing continues this season he will most likely do that but like i said like I'm not talking just Marlowe here. I'm talking these, I feel bad for these guys that were planning to call it quits at the end of this season. And now this is happening. We don't know what's going on in the future. Like we saw Christopher for Steeg retire. Mm-hmm. Was he already planning it? Did he call it quits now? Because he doesn't think everything's going to continue regardless. It's a casualty from this whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's going on with Dustin Bufflin? He just got bought out by the jets or they mutually agreed to terminate the contract. Is right. he going to be a free agent or is he going to be done? There's a lot of storylines like that in the NHL. That's, some players, that might have been their last chance this year. But Patrick Marlowe is not one of those guys. He's a guy that has his legs. He can still play at an elite level in this league. Maybe not elite level, but he can play at an NHL level. Absolutely. Lots of questions. Mike Sullivan has to answer them all. I'm sure we'll criticize him whenever he does. <laughs> Probably. Something like that. Speaking of things we can criticize him about once the season returns, who starts a net for the quote-unquote game one of the either – playoffs or of the remainder of the season who is your starter is it matt murray or is it tristan jari
0: i think you start with murray and if things don't look good you switch it there's no other way to do it i mean personally if let's say we go into the playoffs and take a big fat l i'm not gonna be totally mad i mean whoa i'll I'll have the response of oh you know we're coming in cold we were just off for two months plus yeah
1: i i'm not (laughs) giving them that i'm not giving them that because everybody's coming in cold nobody's been skating Unless you're injured, you're not allowed on the ice.
0: But, I mean, at the same time, I'm just thinking there's going to be no other choice but to just pick one to start and see Mm -hmm. how it goes.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the consensus, right? Matt Murray starting game one? I would assume so. I mean, listen, Tristan Jari had a fantastic season. No doubt about it. And there's a chance that he is the starter come next season. And Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to concede that he will be. But there's a chance that he will be. Here's the thing, though. Tristan Jari is not asking for six-plus million dollars. Yeah. And I don't know for sure if Matt Murray does. That's the rumor. But by God, let him earn his paycheck. Let him earn that number.
0: To be fair, Murray at six, I like.
1: It was John Gibson numbers. I know is what he said. If you're comparing head-to-head, John Gibson is the better goaltender. Plays on a shit team, but he's a better goaltender.
0: Well, put it this way. I'm I'm pulling up cab friendly to see what's going on with all this. I don't know when this was signed, but Elvis Merce Lincolns is now going to be making $4 million.
1: In the past week, Murrs, Lincoln's, and Corpusallo signed new deals. Corpusallo got less,
0: two point eight. Nice. So honestly, Murray at six, I don't hate over. Like looking in the grand scheme of saying, you know, our salary cap doesn't move. That's that's a little more than what Schultz is making, which makes sense. Um, and I think six for a goaltender like him, I think is very generous team wise. Here's the thing.
1: John Gibson makes $6.4 million a year. Right. Murray wanted more than Gibson. By, I think a little bit. I think it was six and a half that he asked for. And that's fine when you have a backup goaltender like Casey DeSmith, who's only making $1.5 million. But Tristan Jari is going to be making more than that. And oh, then you absolutely. have to factor in Malkin makes nine plus. Crosby makes 8.7. You have Latang making a decent penny. You have guys that are taking up big chunks of this cap. You can't really spend all that much on goaltenders when you have to sign back your Zach Aston Reese's if you want them. You have to sign back the Patrick Marleau if you want them. And I get it could be a cheap price tag, but it adds up. Yeah, and there's
0: no doubt it adds up. But, I mean, moves are going to have to be made this summer regardless.
1: Yeah, and there's always new faces, and and it happens. It's the sport of hockey. It's the business of hockey. But at the same time, looking at this goaltender situation, I love Matt Murray, and I think he should be the starter. That is my personal opinion. Is I think Matt Murray should be the starter. I think he's a lot better than his last two seasons have shown. He might be a little inconsistent now, but again, he's only what twenty five years old. He's not in his prime yet. So I think you stick with Matt Murray as much as I like Tristan Jari, but at the same time, he hasn't earned six point five.
0: No, absolutely not. And only, obviously, it's not, not something he would ask for. I mean, we've talked about it's rumored that he thing. has. Jari's definitely not asking for that much. I mean, we like I said, we have talked about this at nauseum already, saying like, assuming we pay them both, Murray's gonna be making the big, the big check, while Jari's maybe at a million and a half dollars. Like, yeah, well, he had yeah, a great this, season, that's but the maybe Stanley Cup effect. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's to give one of them or two, both of them a show me contract, give them two years and figure it out. Who knows what we can do with all that? I mean, when it comes down to it, is this priority number one come off season? Your goaltending
1: situation? Yeah, you, you, want, you saw what happened with Antti when they didn't really take much control over their goaltending situation. That was a backup spot. This is your starting goaltender, your franchise goaltender. And yes, Matt Murray has the two cups, so he can demand a little bit more of a pay increase than Tristan Jari, but I don't think Murray is willing to take another show-me deal. That's what he did the last time. He right. took the show-me deal right after he won two Stanley Cups. He could have asked for the entire freaking mall. But he said, "I'll just take one store, and we'll see what I do." And he didn't do great, but uh-huh. he still did all right.
0: But he he feels like he did great. I mean, looking at his numbers, career numbers, they're not bad.
1: You can't argue no, that. No, he was good. Yeah, he was really good. He had one down season last year. His second half was amazing. People forget how good he was. He was even good in the playoff series, which not a lot of players were. He didn't really have any defensive help. He was good in the playoff series last year. This year he had a cold streak, didn't really get a chance to work out of it until the new year hit, and then guess what? There's a reason he was starting more games. He was playing better.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it for a second. His, for a career, he's a 117-53 and, and 19. That's astonishing, actually. And people are giving him hell. If you look at his numbers, yeah, he looks bad sometimes. He's got twice the amount of wins that he does losses,
1: and two Stanley Cups. Career save percentage, position. career save percentage of a nine fourteen. I think he has earned his contract. Goals allowed average of two sixty seven. It's not bad, not terrible. Yeah, guy has not played two hundred games in this league. Yeah, by one, but still, I mean this this really got off offhand from the who starts <laughs> in net in game one. But that's what's going to happen when it's been seven weeks since we've seen an actual hockey game. Yeah, so we're all it, kind of. It's going to be an interesting off-season, and it's going to be a short off-season. All this is going to have to get done in like a month.
0: Like I mentioned, I think the date they're trying to start working out in is May 15th to figure out to go from there. So you figure you get playoffs in after that. It's going to be a short, short off-season. How free agency works in, how the draft works in. It's
1: going to be interesting. Yep. But you know what? As a fan... I'm ecstatic because after sitting here for two months, we'll probably be over three months without hockey. Mm -hmm. I get a playoffs, a four week break, and then a season.
0: And don't forget during all that, the NBA will be back probably doing some other shenanigans.
1: The MLB will be trying to do something. The NFL (laughs) will probably be getting ready to get started. So it's going to be,
0: everything's going to be happening at once. Oh yeah. It's a sports betters dream. Yeah. I mean, Let's say everything's back up to normal in August again. Quote-unquote normal. Let's say everyone's playing their game again in August. August used to just be baseball time. That's it. Nothing else was going on. Everyone else was in their offseason. It, it was either it was baseball, games, or
1: golf. Not even golf. That's like or the end of golf season.
0: Yeah, Or you're watching everyone's contract discussions go down. Now it's going to be August. We have three professional sports happening, and the football is trying to figure everything out. <laughs> It's gonna be pandemonium.
1: <laughs> I'm here for it. I am a hundred percent here for it. So with that, let's lean into that a little bit. We talked about the 2014 playoff earlier. If right. that were to happen, the Pittsburgh Penguins would be taking on the Montreal Canadiens. What I would imagine is a shortened series.
0: I would assume so. Yeah. So
1: probably the worst case scenario. I don't think they would be dumb enough to try to do one game elimination in that because that's Ugh, no. That's just you're leaving too much up the chance at that point. How do you Horwat fancy a best of three first round matchup against a Montreal Canadiens team?
0: Oh, man, honestly, I like the chances. Unless, like, a, I mean, Carey Price, yeah, Carey Price can get hot. Yeah, he makes that much money for a reason. At the same time, he shouldn't be making that much money because of how he has played before. I personally think he's getting very much overpaid because he hasn't, you know, since signing the contract at least, he hasn't showed that he's deserved all that. I mean, he's been very poor. At times, but at the same time, could he steal you two of three? Most likely. So I think that would be their biggest threat, is whether or not Carey Price decides to show up.
1: Listen, I've unfortunately only had the chance to go to one Penguins game this year before this all happened. And that game was against the Montreal Canadiens. And I watched Carey Price, in person, completely stifle the Pittsburgh Penguins, considering the fact that their entire offensive prowess, Jonathan Drouin... All all these players were injured, and they won four to one. And this was when the Penguins were playing well, and they won four to one. Am I completely comfortable with a three a best of three series with Montreal? I I'm not. I mean, it's nice to think that yes, we'll be hundred percent healthy, but they will too. That's a team that if they're completely mm-hmm. healthy, they are dangerous. And of all things, like you said, the big factor is Carey Price. If he comes out and stands on his head, man, it's going to be tough for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, at the same time, a fully healthy Pittsburgh Penguin squad is something to be reckoned with I mean we went down that lineup earlier you have yeah. a rust Malkin Gensel second line I mean come on now it's yeah, just like, not fair
0: Bukestad who would be an NHL regular on most teams is is scratched in your situation
1: like. yeah My, I, I healthy scratched a guy that's making four million dollars because I just don't think he cuts it on that lineup right <laughs> it's it would be such a fun first round matchup and here's the thing you get through that first-round matchup with Montreal. Okay, that's cool. Now you get into the, the classic playoffs. you know, 16 teams left, and you have the Philadelphia Flyers.
0: Oh, hell yeah. The one we were supposed to get in the first place.
1: Yeah. So if the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to win, in that scenario that, that I just threw out as something for fun, you would have to go through a Montreal Canadiens team, a who was very hot Philadelphia Flyers team, and then you're going to play what I would imagine would be the Boston Bruins oh. because they would have had to go through either Columbus or the Islanders. Yeah. So it, it would probably be, and no offense to Columbus or the Islanders, but if the Penguins were to get to the conference finals in that scenario, they'd have to beat the Canadians and carry price, then beat Philadelphia, then go and play and beat Boston. And then you'd still have to win two series to get the cup.
0: Yeah. You got to figure this too. I mean, playing Philly without crowds, <sighs> How does that look?
1: Because I mean, these players are really gonna—it's gonna have to be R-rated television.
0: Yeah, because you figure first of all, what what is usually the most entertaining part of watching Penguins Flyers in the playoffs? Oh, the crowd. When right? it's well, in when it's in Philly, it's they're probably throwing garbage. If it's here, it's I don't I can't think of bad things we do. I mean, I'm sure Flyers fans could. Hockey try so send us
1: over things that we do. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's both sides being terrible human beings to each other. <laughs> and now you're going to do that without a crowd, which maybe drives a lot of the you know, tenacity and that I kind of situation. I don't think it changes.
1: I think those two teams dislike each other enough that it's going to stay the same, especially well, that's what in what the playoffs.
0: At. Yeah, I mean, that's also what I'm change. getting at is, like, there's – I mean, yeah, like, these two teams don't like each other, but like we've said before, it's not the same rivalry it used to be, regular season-wise. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I think a big problem with that is the fact that Philadelphia hasn't really been a threat to the Penguins in the last, what, six years? Since the 2012 season?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: They really haven't been a threat. They've been in and out of the playoffs. Even when they were in the playoffs, we saw what happened in 2018. It wasn't a match. For a Penguins team that that went on to lose in the second round, the Flyers had nothing. And, yes, they have Carter Hart now, but I've been seeing a lot of people praising Carter Hart. This kid has done nothing in this league yet. Let's not put him on a pedestal just yet. Okay. We don't have to. Well, I mean I mean we we're <laughs> not going to. But I mean around the league, let's let's not put him on a pedestal because he has done absolutely nothing to show me that he is the answer to their prayers and net. I understand where you're coming from. I mean
0: being forty and twenty six and four in your first, you know, seventy starts, you know, isn't it's not bad.
1: That's all right.
0: But you're playing with the Flyers who in front of you. Plus, you're only 21. I mean, you still haven't even hit your peak yet, and they're you know, you got a Flyers team in front of you that can play pretty well defensively. And look, what's his what's his save percentage? Oh, okay, nine fifteen over the career. So it just depends in that case. Then I mean, Carter Hart is the fe- the goalie of the future, assuming he is doesn't have a drop off coming.
1: Yeah, I no, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's not going to be their their savior, but he hasn't shown me anything that says yeah. that he is. He's been he's had a decent start. He's also been torched by several teams so far. So, whatever. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it as Penguins fans because we always do. Keep a close Mm -hmm. eye on the Flyers. Keep a close eye on the Rangers. Keep a close eye on the Capitals. It is our nature. And then we'll go raise the Stanley Cup.
0: (laughs) Yet again. (laughs) Philly, for everyone's sake, please let Shane bear go. He deserves so
1: much better. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. That is going to be all for this one. Uh, Before we go, we of course want to thank our sponsors, Manscaped, with their Lawnmower 3.0. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. We also have coolhockey.com where you can get great deals on NHL jerseys. We have Reebok, NHL shop, Built Bar, and Hote Health as well. For details on all of these deals, go ahead and visit at contactTHPN on Twitter. You can follow Horwat at nickhorwat 41 on Twitter. You can follow me at Nick You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at icebergpodcast. The tip of the iceberg can be found anywhere you get your podcast from. So please go on, subscribe, rate us, five stars only, as everybody's starting to say now. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet, or go ahead and visit them at their website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. One last thing before we go, go buy our merch. I'll yes. put the, the link will be on our Twitter page, so go buy our merch. It's really cool
0: we have so many things to plug we forgot we have our own merch i can't wait for all that stuff to come in i'm excited to drink out of a out of an iceberg podcast mug
1: (laughs) there you go we will see you guys next week